Hi, this is the Robberator, and you can support my Mad Grab for Power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's oh so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Veronica was going to be nice, but I'm just going to throw it out there right now. I failed her as a friend this oh, week. You're just jumping right into I'm that, I'm just going to huh? throw myself right under the bus. <laughs> All right, well, do you want to explain how? So uh, I actually don't know how you got the invite, but we got invited to preview the HBO series Lovecraft Country, what, the first episode, right? Yeah. And I'm a spoiled brat. I'm used to getting previews through my wife, who works for Rotten Tomatoes, that you watch whenever you want. So in my head, I kind of forgot that this was a live stream that I had to log into at the right moment. And then when Veronica was like, hey, where are you? It hasn't started yet. I was like, oh, now I'm going to have to get my laptop out or the Mac Mini and figure out how to log in. And I just didn't do it. I'm a bad friend. I'm sorry. It's okay. Bonnie Burton was there for me. We we watched it together. Yeah, they had this whole cool set. So I'll, I'll first of all I'll talk about how cool the setup was, and then this is not a not a paid paid consideration or anything. All we got was all well, all Veronica got was to see the the, the, the episode earlier. No, actually, they sent me come some cool stuff too. Oh, did they in they the mail? Yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. By all uh, black owned businesses. Nice. Um, so that was actually really cool, including um, yeah, some books, uh, a copy of Lovecraft Country. Um, a uh yeah some cool stuff um, a little swag bag a little swag bag stuff. it was really nice uh, i don't know how i got on this list maybe it was from hosting the game with her own stuff way back when that's my best assumption eileen got a big swag bag for the his dark materials hbo really? show Ooh. yeah and she's like all i did was tweet about it like <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah um so they uh, so it was like they had this setup for the stream where uh, the video played in a box, but then there were three other boxes off to the side. And that was actually your friends. Mm. Um, so your friends could watch live with it and you could like talk about the episode and stuff while it was happening. And in, in before I didn't it played. realize it was the co-watching thing either. So that was another well, I didn't either. Um, but I could only invite two people and Tom was one of them and he bailed on me. So <laughs> I didn't show up next time. I didn't realize it was only two people too. I really, I'm, I'm so used to these things working differently. I made a lot of assumptions. I shouldn't have. Made. It's okay. It's I forgive you. And the show, the show's coming out in three days. Anyway, it's coming out yeah. on the 16th. So you'll get to see it then. It was yeah. awesome. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's the most important part. Like you, you thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I was super, super stoked. And actually, the guy, uh, the main character, Tech, he is uh, one of the actors from uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a really awesome um, movie that was produced, obviously, locally to San Francisco and started as a Kickstarter project. And I was one of the early backers of that. So I was like, oh, I love him. Oh, it's so cool that he's on like an HBO show now. And there's so many other cool like actors. Um and it was really beautifully shot and it was super creepy. And um, I mean, we read the book, so I feel like I'm, I'm not spoiling too much. But like when they when they get to the house in Artem and it's just like it looks perfect. And so I'm I'm just. Oh, so we get to the house in the first episode. In the first that's, episode. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm actually that that makes me feel good. Like 
okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too too much. I don't want to say too much because I don't support, but yeah, we you you could drag things out in a way that you don't need to. I was worried at first because there was like the whole first probably I think it was an hour long episode, and I would say the first like eighty percent was completely non like genre y, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because the book doesn't start in genre very much, right? It leads you into that world slowly. It's him coming back from the war and going Mm -hmm. to his aunt and uncle's house, uncle, uncle George, I think. And like meeting up with, um, with Letitia and, and everybody else. And then going on this first road trip and kind of the, the racism they encounter on Mm -hmm. that very first road trip. Um, very, very, like very true to the book, like pretty, pretty on par with everything I remember from reading the book for the first couple of chapters. And then they get stopped by the cop and they go into the woods and the cops are bringing them into the woods and then kind of, you know, shit hits the fan, so to speak. Right, right. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it was, it was really good. I'm excited. I'm super excited for the series. Um, I, I can't remember if it's a limited series or not because the book isn't that long and they've already kind of, I want, it's 10 episodes for the first season and I wonder if it's going to be more than one season or if this is going to be a, um, right. Will they go beyond the book? Right. Uh, because that's, that's what man in the high castle did, right? They, yeah. they essentially exhausted most of the book in season one and certainly by early season two they had, and then they just went off in new directions. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would be happy either way. I think it's, it's going to make an awesome kind of like anthology style show going through the different experiences of the characters in this world, like the book did. Um, but yeah, it looks, it looks fab. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about it. Feels, feels great so far. But anyway, this is not the Lovecraft Country podcast, so I guess we could probably do one. <laughs> that would be cool. Um, let's hop into the quick burns. Ah, uh, yes. Shortly after we recorded, uh, well, shortly after we posted last week's <laughs> episode, uh, the 2020 Hugo Award winners were announced. And as Mark uh, said on our Goodreads thread, many familiar to Sword and Laser. Uh, you probably know all these already, but best novel went to A Memory Called Empire by Arcady Martin. Best novella, This Is How You Lose the Time War by Amal Al-Matar and Max Gladstone. Woo! Best series, The Expanse by James S.A. Corey. Woo-woo! Best dramatic presentation, <laughs> Long Form, Good Omens, written by Neil Gaiman, directed by Douglas McKinnon. Aw, Yeah! And astounding award for best new writer, sponsored by Dell Magazine's R.F. Quang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good stuff. And, and of course, uh, congratulations to all the winners of all the awards. Mark uh, just noted in this post the ones that are sort of you know pertinent to our previous picks. Mm, all right, and then of course we had the uh, retro Hugos were announced for the year 1945 as Ian notes. Best novel was Shadow Over Mars by Lee Brackett. Best novella was. Kill, Killdozer by Theodore Sturgeon from Astounding Science Fiction, 1944. Best novelette was City, Clifford D. Simak. Uh, best short story, I Rocket by Ray Bradbury. Best series, The Cthulhu Mythos by H.P. Lovecraft. Best editor, short form, John W. <laughs> John W. Campbell Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, best professional artist, Margaret Brundage and Best Fanzine Voice of the Imagination, edited by Forrest J. Ackerman and Myrtle R. Douglas. And finally, Fest Fan Writer, Fritz Lieber. Wow. Got a fan writer shout out. Very nice. Yeah, very cool. Uh, Silvana pointed out that in Chicago, the 2022 Worldcon will be. 
shycon.org is live. Charlie Jane Anders and Annalie Newitz have been named as Toastmasters. Sweet. That's fun. Awesome. Yeah, good good choice because you have two Hugo level authors mm-hmm. who are also Hugo award winning podcasters as well. Excellent. Maybe it'll be us sometime. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Maybe Hugo nominated podcasters? Yeah. Maybe. That's us. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what? I don't know. I just got real depressed. It's fine. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hugo nominated. Come no, on. No, but I'm excited. I think especially for, for having Charlie Jane and Annalie uh, on deck to do this is going to be pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome stuff. Do you think it'll be... Um, Will we get to go in person by 2022? Will that be possible? Yes, by 2022, we will. Okay. Jan says, uh, does science fiction literature need a canon? Uh, John Scalzi has published an essay over on his blog called, Oh Christ, Not the Science Fiction Canon Again, that was prompted by the discussions about this year's Hugo ceremony and in which he discusses the necessity or non-necessity, non-necessity, The necessity or non-necessity of a canon. Spoiler alert, Scalzi thinks that, quote, as a practical matter, the science fiction canon is already dead, as every generation of readers is influenced by a new generation of writers, and assigning a list of required works is bound to lead to gatekeeping and exclusion of all sorts. But, Jan says, maybe head over onto the full article. I think it's a great conversation starter. Yeah, I, I I get where Scalzi's coming from. Uh, I think the idea of a canon is great for introducing someone to the the great works, so to speak, uh, of of a genre. So if someone is new to science fiction, young or old, and they're like, "Okay, I'm really into this genre. I've read a few things I like. You know, what are the important things? If I want to, you know, kind of get a summary of the best that science fiction has to offer, I think the idea of a canon is good for that. I also agree with Scalzi that every generation of readers is influenced by a new generation. So I don't think you can think of the, I think canon is often thought of as a unmoving thing. Like these are the greats of the genre. That's the last word. And Mm -hmm. I think it has to adapt as time goes on. Uh, And we start to realize that maybe that work was not as foundational as it used to be. And certainly we have to make room for new works uh, that that are uh, now important that weren't in the canon before. And and there's a limit to how many things could be in a canon for it to be even useful for introducing (laughs) someone to a genre. So you kind of have to shift things around to make room for new stuff. So I I don't think the idea of canon is entirely bad, uh, but but I get where Scalzi's coming from is you can't just say the canon's the canon and that's it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't read the article, so perhaps his argument is a little more nuanced, obviously, mm. than than some of that. Um, but I think it's it's it is good to have some things that we look back on because so much of what we're reading today and recently is is so oftentimes referential to previous works. And so understanding, if not the source material, but at least the the references and and the the progenitors of some of these tropes um, that we see time and time again and understanding like where they came from, I think is is useful for understanding and, and probably enjoying even more deeply uh, some of the newer works that come out. Not to say that everything written these days that is important is referential to earlier works. That's not at all true. Um, but I think it is important to understand the history of the genre and, and yeah, where it yeah. came from and, and just to be just to feel well read uh, as part of it. But I agree. It's 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 very fluid. I think we're we're learning stuff about all, like H.P. Lovecraft, for example, like obviously his work is is still considered pretty influential and important to the genre. But at the same time, like 
knowing what we know now about him as a person, like maybe not necessarily you have to read it if you don't want to. That's just one kind of lame example. But well, there's 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 the idea of can you separate the work from the author? Yeah. Which plays into that for sure. And that's that's a whole conversation of its own. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I I think maybe canon is a bad word for it because canon means this is the part of our religion that we don't change, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and 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 that's that's probably where the where a lot of the the disagreement lies. Speaking of religion, I'm having a real hard time with Warrior Nun. I know we talked oh, about really? this last time. I just Anna, Anna or Anna is just so annoying. She's so annoying. You mean Eva? Eva, Ava, Ava. Ava, yeah. Yeah, she's annoying. Everything you don't about like her. The main character. I do not like the main character. I find mm. her really annoying and frustrating. I thought you were going to criticize the religious aspect, and I was going to tell you to hang in there. But I don't know if you don't like Ava, you don't like Ava. But I like I all mean, the other characters. She changes and grows. You know, she's not a flat character, but her essential personality is pretty much the same. Her like chipperness, like just the way she's like. Oh, never mind. This is again not a. I would. I'd say stick with it. Stick with it. You know, I'm you're, gonna. You're bringing up a Netflix show. Uh, our next uh, thing from TRP is responding to my recommendation on another show on Cord Killers <laughs> of a Netflix show called Wait The New Legends second. of Monkey. Okay. I love The New Legends of Monkey. Uh, the New Legends of Monkey is a Netflix original reboot of, I think, I don't know if it's Hong Kong, Taiwanese, or mainland China, but it's a Chinese series that was very popular in Australia. So the series got like kind of a cult following in Australia. So this is a this Netflix reboot is an Australian production of Legends of Monkey, but it's it's riffing on those same characters. Anyway, it's a hilarious take on like uh you know ancient Chinese fantasy uh tales and TRP says there's a couple of English language book versions of the tale originally written as Journey to the West and hmm. attributed to Wu Chengen. Uh, there's Monkey, A Journey to the West, an abridged translation by Arthur Whaley, and The Journey to the West, Volume 1, a four-volume complete translation by Anthony C.U. So uh, New Legends of Monkey is very silly, uh, and it, you know you can enjoy it all on its own. You don't need to read the source material. But I thank uh, TRP for pointing out if, like, hey, if you wanted to find out the real like tales that underlie this, this kind of silly, fun version, here they are. All right. Uh, a Tom recommendation. Bleeding over from cord killers into sword and laser. It all mixes together. It does. Um, you could say that that is cord killers canon for uh, sword and laser <laughs> listeners. Yes, cord killers. It's a thing. Sword, la- sword and laser and daily tech news show are canon. Okay. And current key. <laughs> Mark says the Guardian has posted the long list 211 books for the 2020 Not the Booker Prize. They would like your nominations for books that belong on the short list. Uh, so some of the science fiction fantasy on the long list are False Value by Ben Aronovich, uh, Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, Agency by William Gibson, The City We Became by N.K. Jemison. Uh, but there are many other books of interest, too. Be sure and read the rules. You must nominate two books, each from a different publisher, and include a short review of at least one of your nominated books. They're hoping for reviews with a minimum of 100 words. So the nominating deadline is numbers that are written in army format. 2359 BST. BST. Just read it like it's written. All right. 2359 BST. BST. 
And uh, a si- Sunday, 16 August, I think that is 7.59 Eastern time in the U.S. Thank you, Mark. Um, what, what was I going to say? Oh, this seems like a really good way of getting free reviews of books you can publish on your website. Sure does. Yeah. Listen, the Booker Prize is made by elites. Uh, instead of being one of those elites, be one of our elites and write some reviews for us. Write some free reviews for us that we'll publish on our website, <laughs> yeah. theguardian.com. Mm, I mean, I have, have nothing but respect for The Guardian, uh, so I, I don't mean to throw them under the bus. But yeah, I, I don't know. There's something a little snooty about the not not the Booker Prize moniker that rubs me the wrong way. But that said, this is a great list of books. Uh, I, I, they, did, they do a great job of, of creating this long list. So if you're looking for ideas of things to read, go check it out. If you guys ever want to write reviews for us for free, you could do that too. <laughs> yes, it's called the Not the Not the Booker Prize. Yeah, Not the Not the Booker. I like that. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then Mark pointed out that the 2020 Dragon Award ballot has been announced. Uh, many, many familiar names on that 2020 Dragon Award ballot. Of course, these are the awards given out at Dragon Con. Uh, and this year will be given out virtually at Dragon Con. <laughs> yeah. uh, best science fiction novel includes The Testaments by Margaret Atwood, The 10,000 Doors of January by Alex E. Harrow, Gideon the Ninth, Tamsin Muir, The Future of Another Timeline by Annalee Newitz, Last Emperox, John Scalzi, The Rosewater Redemption by Tade Thompson, Network Effect by Martha Wells, and Wanderers by Chuck Wendig. Mm. Would you like to tell us the fantasy novel? Yeah, let me Nominees. click on the link. Sure. <laughs> I thought I was trying to give you time to look. You got them. me. I can read them. You got me. Um, dang, how do I get there? Is it just, where do you- You get there through The Ninth House by Lee Bardugo, oh and God. then you try to avoid The Jade War by Fonda Lee, Duck Under Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. Are you there yet? Nope. Uh, then you have to cross The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern, uh, Careful of the Dead Astronauts by Jeff Vandermeer, and you'll end up at The Burning Light by Brent Weeks. Thank you. I appreciate your your thorough <laughs> your your very thorough directions. <laughs> they also have like best military sci-fi or fantasy, best alternate history, media tie-ins, horror, comic book, bunch of bunch of good reading list items there as well. Did I click the wrong link? I did. That's what happened. <laughs> I clicked the link for the next one. I'm like, this doesn't look like what you're talking about at all. <laughs> the application to uh to sign up? No, I vote? clicked on the New York Times link, which oh, is for well, our next tell one. Us, tell us about it. From John Taloni says, Harrow the Ninth, the sequel to Gideon the Ninth, makes a New York Times bestseller list coming in at, appropriately, number nine. Number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Very hey, cool. So that book is out so the rest of us can read it now. Yep. I don't get to feel special anymore. <laughs> You're special, Todd. You'll feel special in a different way someday, I promise. Yeah. Yes, yes, I suppose. I'm very excited uh, for what Mark posted. Jade City TV series based on Whoa. the books in the Jade Wars series in the works at Peacock from Dave Colstein, Breck Eisner, and Dean Jorgaris. Wow. Cool. Uh, so those those may or may not mean anything uh, to you, but uh, Dave Colstein uh, worked on Treadstein, Treadstone and Quantico, Breck Eisner on The Expanse and The Crazies, and uh, Dean Jorgaris uh, directed or created The Brave. Very cool. Well, I'm excited for that. That would be great. Yeah. We all we all know that. Is it is it like how 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 in the works is it? I mean, usually when when we're talking about 
these streaming services like Peacock, people are like, what's Peacock? It's NBC Universal's online streaming service, which you can watch for free in the US. Uh, you can pay to get rid of commercials and get some extra content. But um, when they do that, usually that just happens. Like streaming mm-hmm. services don't mess around with like, oh, it's in development. Like it does sound like this has been assigned and they're going to they're going to make it. This is great. That's exciting. Although then I have to pay for another thing. No, Ugh. that's what I just I, I just made clear. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. What? You only pay to get rid of ads or to add extra content. Oh, I didn't. I wasn't listening. You're right. <laughs> I was reading the article. <laughs> All right, cool. Then I don't have to pay for that. I would yeah. probably pay for it, though, because I, I love uh, Jade City and I love Fonda Lee and I am excited for this. So very cool. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Thank to Mark at Mark MTZ, who says at Sword and Laser, happy birthday to the Supreme Sword. Thank you. My birthday was July 21st, and he included this great um, pulp novel from uh, the Pulpomizer cover maker um, that shows um, me maybe measuring a very small elephant, um, (laughs) like a miniaturized elephant with a pair of calipers, um, Mm -hmm. calipers. How did he know? How did he know? I mean, honestly, if I could have a pet, a very small elephant would would make me very happy. It's one of uh, Veronica's great pastimes is heading over to the small elephant zoo and measuring them with calipers. (laughs) Got to know who's the smallest. (laughs) Ma'am, we know who the smallest is. You don't have to keep coming here and measuring. Got to check. Tom Mahome tweeted to us, congrats on finishing Black (laughs) Leopard Red Wolf. Will Gravity's Rainbow be next? Thank you, Tom Mahome. Thank you. Thank you. And then uh, Indie Bookshops at Indie Bookshop UK says, back in my happy place at Echo 3 Coffee, blogging, listening to Sword and Laser interview, now have to get the Bobaverse books. Oh, yay. That's so nice. Oh, this picture that he included in his post, I actually saw it first on Instagram um, and reposted it, I think, on our account because this this right here is what I am missing the most. Yep. This image of like being in person at a coffee shop, drinking a fat ass latte on my laptop or reading a book with obviously a delicious snack that I just finished somewhere. Yep. A plate of crumbs. A plate of crumbs. And it just looks like my happy, also my happy place. Um, so I'm very jealous. So yeah, maybe someday. We'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. I believe in us kind of. All right. Well, now it is time for our book of the month discussion. And are we kicking off or are we mid-month I mean, we, talk? We're kind of mid-month talk. Non-spoilery. Yeah, non-spoilery. But we we, we did do the uh the the uh the introduction to Elysium last time. Mm-hmm. Um I'm I'm a little I don't know if I'm surprised because every time we do a book, somebody doesn't like it, right? But I'm mm-hmm. a little surprised with the number of people having difficulty with Elysium, although I shouldn't be because it is experimental. I think I projected my own, not relief, because I, I I didn't dislike Black Leopard, Black Leopard Red Wolf, but Elysium was my speed. Like Black Leopard Red Wolf was challenging for me. Elysium was right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, oh, yes, I love this, this book. Let me read this. And uh, I should not be surprised that it's not in everybody's wheelhouse. And, and some people are, are having difficulty with some of the time shifts and and what's real and what's not in the book, et cetera. Um, yeah, I I mean, I will say for from my perspective, I loved it. Um, I, I finished it. I really enjoyed it. 
There was some comments actually that I wanted to get your opinion on because I wonder if this is part of what made a difference. Um, Jenny, Reading Envy Jenny um, says, um, oh, let me go to the, did I get, did I go to the wrong post? Um, a lot of people had comments kind of on the audiobooks and and being, where's the first audiobook page? Hold on. I clicked through all the comments and then I lost the, no, I'm confused. Am I looking at the latest one? It's okay. Don't worry about me. Um, no, just uh, summarize. Uh, so, and we'll and to essentially, out. a lot of people had difficulty with the audiobook. Um, like with the computer parts, the, the, the discussion about like the code, the code portion of the book, they didn't find that part enjoyable. Um, it made maybe following some of the stories and the themes a little more difficult. I read the book on Kindle. I know you listened to the audiobook, and it seemed like you had no trouble with that format. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to hear, like I, while I was reading the Kindle, I was like, I don't know how he did this in audiobook form. Like, I think I would have struggled with the audiobook version. And I'm wondering if if a lot of our more vocal listeners also listen to the audiobook version, or at least that's the sense I'm getting. Mm, so I wonder mm-hmm. if that's adding a layer of complexity that I didn't experience um, and that for some reason didn't seem to impact you. No, it didn't impact me at all. And I, I'm I'm trying to be nice because I'm like, what? What about the audiobook was hard? Like, okay, so they go zero zero one zero 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 one one zero one one zero 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 one one. Flight of the Concords like, do that. What? The Flight humans the are dead. The <laughs> yeah, humans yes. are dead. So, but but at the beginning of the <laughs> chapters, I'm assuming it just lists out a bunch of zeros and ones, right? I I yeah. In print, it's in it's it's like yeah, it's in print. So sh- they just read them in a computery voice, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. There's a bunch of zeros and ones, and then there was a command stuff, which I was like, oh yeah, that sounds like you know command line things. I'm like, okay, this is my intro into the chapter, and I just kind of settled in and waited for that to end. I didn't, I didn't obsess about it, uh, and then I would get in, and I liked the way they differentiated it with a different voice and different sound effects. And I'm like, okay, I, I didn't get too hung up on what it meant. And I mm-hmm. never thought it was supposed to be that. Uh, and, and while, yeah, that might lose a little bit of the fun. Cause maybe, uh, I know some people who code looked at it and said, Oh, that's kind of Unix, but maybe not. And, and all of that. Um, it didn't get in my way. I, I, I didn't get upset about it. Yeah. I, all right, I figured out what was happening here. So Jenny wrote, I mean, forget the audiobook. Who does the publisher blurb at the end? Because I want that guy to read me stories. And she says, sounds a little like Army uh, Army Hammer, but I don't think he does many audiobooks. Um, so I don't know if you listen to the publisher blurb at the end, but apparently that guy's... I remember a publisher blurb at the end. Oh, it was like, this, was, this uh, audiobook was recorded by... Maybe. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I probably ignored that too. <laughs> But her uh, her her comments set off people discussing about. The... So she wasn't saying anything no, about no. the audiobook. She was just saying, "Forget the audiobook. That guy at the publisher blurb. That he's got the voice. I want his uh, voice in my ears." I don't think that ears. was meant to be disrespectful to the audiobook. It was just her emphasizing that she liked the voice at the end. I yeah, but Andrew P, Christina, a number of other people, uh, Ian were were not thrilled by by some of the portions of the audiobook. So, you know, it's it's just a a, a vocal opinion of 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 a few, but I wonder how many other people were impacted by that experience. Um, um gosh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's fine. 
I liked the book. Sometimes negativity is catching. Maybe. And that shows online where someone says, you know, I didn't really like this. And then people start to pile in. So I'm wondering how much they really didn't were bothered by it and how much of it was just like, oh, yeah, me too. I feel like you're uh, you're you're priming them to tell you just how much they didn't like it. Yeah, I, I mean that's the problem, right? Is you are you can't... doing? Are you coming? Are you come at me, bro? Growing no, right now? No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. I'm just I'm just trying to acknowledge that, like, oh, maybe the feeling that you're expressing appears more intense than it was. I'm here to to say that your feelings are valid, Ian and Christina and Andrew P. <laughs> just kidding. Well, that implies that I was saying their feelings weren't valid. And that's I know. Definitely not what I was saying. But now I have to clarify that that is not what I was saying. Okay. All right. I kind of want to hear it now. I want to know what it sounds like. I'm curious. I thought the the performance of the audiobook was amazing. Yeah. I thought the the the, the narrator did a, a fantastic job. People people did say on on the thread as well that they did enjoy the narrator. Yeah. And and that's what I, that's what I was trying awkwardly and clumsily to say is like maybe the fact that they're saying I didn't like this part kind of stands out Mm -hmm. and people don't say what they did like in as intense terms often so that totally makes sense yeah 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 so that's that's pretty much it without getting into spoilery discussion um so I don't want to I want to save some of the other conversations for next time yeah it's real hard to talk about this one in vague yeah. terms isn't it yeah because yeah. you have such shifting characters and settings and 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 then what you find out at the end really changes how you think about the book so you can't really talk about what you think about the book without talking about the end I have a feeling I'm just gonna totally totally lose a lot of the thoughts that I have because I read this one. I was done by like the first of August. So I, but I, there's so much to talk about. I read this in July, right after Black Leopard, Red Wolf, which I finished early July. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we will do our best. Uh, we we do ask for you to give us your substantive comments uh, on the Goodreads. That will help. Yes, please, please post your reviews. No fewer than 100 words um, to our Goodreads. That's a guardian joke. <laughs> yes, please post the reviews of all books. No. I'm uh, I just will kidding. say, I will say, uh, while all opinions are welcome and valued, uh, positive opinions are rarer. So what you liked is even extra appreciated. Well, I want to hear more. I, I know Gary had a lot of interesting thoughts on the on the forums about the the Unix or the code and the tech. I want to hear even more like thoughts about that, because to me, that was one of the most interesting parts of the book. Um, and at the end, like you, you get a little insight into what that could mm-hmm. be about. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear more about what people thought it was about just by looking because I'm not a I'm not a programmer. I'm not an engineer. Right. I, I, I couldn't pick up on that stuff. So, yeah, I'm curious. Not just, and not, bless you. Uh, My goodness. Excuse me. I don't have a cue button. I can't even like keep it from being recorded. I have to go back and get Jim to edit out the sneezes later. Skype and mute (laughs) it. Anyway. No, I can't mute it in Skype because my microphone records directly into the audio recorder. It doesn't go through Skype. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't stop anyone from hearing it. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. You don't have to edit that out. It gives the show character. That's right. Depth. <laughs> a lot of people say they, they didn't like it in the audio version of the podcast, but they liked it in the written. <laughs> the achoos. The achoos yes. in, the, in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, it was distracting. Now you have to put a achoos in the show notes. Here, I'll write them here. Okay, yes. Achoo. Oh, I, pro- I goo. 
Achoo. I goo. That's a Korean phrase. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our show. Our show is currently entirely funded by you, our wonderful patrons. Thank you so much to all of you who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. I love to see where you're reading. I love to see what you're reading. Just make sure you tag us or use the hashtag sword and laser. And of course, all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Achoo. Bless you. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!